right. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We've done a bunch of these lately. Wes Rucker here, joined by Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan. And uh, for the third consecutive day, we have some interesting, interesting and big and good news on Tennessee football recruiting. Uh, Ryan Callahan, I guess I'll go to you first. Uh, Why are we having this breaking news podcast? Yeah, the third straight big addition for Tennessee, another four-star uh, wide receiver, Julian Nixon, out of Roswell, Georgia, committing to the Vols, uh, picking Tennessee over Ohio State and now uh, in Georgia. And, and uh, Auburn was involved heavily at one point, a, a bunch of big-time programs uh, involved with this guy, and, and Tennessee's been among them and, and after him for a long time. And this is one where the writing was sort of on the wall for a few weeks. Yeah, you know, people saw some crystal ball picks, in, including one for me, come in earlier this month. So we, we kind of had an idea this might be coming at some point. Uh, but still, to, to actually land a guy like that and continue this hot streak Tennessee's been on, uh, just a really impressive week to start with uh, five-star edge rusher Dylan Brooks committing on Sunday and obviously uh, adding on, on Monday – uh, the commitment from four-star defensive back Kamar Wilcoxon, and then to follow that up with this uh, pretty impressive uh, stretch here for Tennessee to to go on this kind of run during a, a dead period when no one's able to take any visits. Yeah, Pat, has this been as interesting to you as it has been, you know, to me and to I think a lot of other people that that while this thing's going down, I mean, kids are committing to other schools too. It's not just Tennessee, but uh, Tennessee is really on a heater here, and I don't really know exactly what they're doing with these kids right now, but they've got something going on, Pat. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. I know Ryan has said in the past he doesn't necessarily believe in recruiting momentum, um, but it seems like Tennessee's got something going on right now, and <laughs> uh, and they're they're pulling it off during a uh, a dead period that's been going on for uh, more than a month now. But uh, I go back to something Jeremy Pruitt said early on uh, during the dead period uh, after everything was sort of shut down. He said, uh, "If you're not recruiting every day, somebody else is." And clearly, Tennessee has kept recruiting. Um, and without the ability to get guys on campus and kind of show off what you can, uh, what you have to offer, uh, you have to take what you have to offer to these guys. Um, you have to build relationships and you have to, uh, maybe sort of rely on, on the relationships you have with coaches, uh, and schools if you're players. So, uh, Tennessee has worked the relationships really, uh, really well. You look at these three guys and, uh, I think Ryan, you just mentioned it, um, Tennessee's been recruiting all, all three of these guys for a while, so those relationships are uh, the legwork and the groundwork that has been put in, you know, over a long period of time has has paid off for Tennessee, and, uh, and I guess it's just a coincidence that has happened uh, in three straight days now. Well, well, one thing on that, I, I do think there has been sort of some orchestration maybe involved <laughs> that it may not be quite a, a coincidence that you've seen these in, in three consecutive days. It might might have been just been a case where you know three guys were ready to commit and sort of figured out that they, they wanted to do it this way and, and sort of uh, maximize the impact of it in a way. You see that all the time, and I think there certainly could have been some of that involved here. But the other thing is, you know, that we've seen this. We saw it with Ohio State early. You know, they got some early commitments, some big-time guys during this stretch. North Carolina's gotten some. I think the reality is you're going to have some teams sort of capitalize on this dead period because players are sort of spooked by it. You know, coaches are parents are trainers are they don't know what's going to happen during this time and so i think you know 
you don't want to be one of the teams watching these guys commit to other schools. I think you want to be in position to say, hey, we're filling some spots, addressing some needs. How, how can we how can we make the most of this period? And I think Tennessee, whether it's just sort of turning up the heat on some guys or, or, or whatever uh, and, and, and really making a push to to try to get some guys in, in the boat during this stretch. Uh, they've, they've done a good job and, and taken advantage of, again, some longstanding relationships and past visits they've gotten from players. And I, I think it's maybe a, an example, too. We see this from Jeremy Pruitt, I think, a lot of times down the stretch leading up to National Signing Day when he really is able to – and he recruits all the time. You know that, Wes and Patrick. That, you know, that's one of the things he loves to do. Um, but when, when he's not distracted by the season, you know, is, those are the times of year that I think he – does some of his best work in recruiting. And I think that stretch run leading up to signing day and the early signing period, he does that. And during this stretch, you know, sure, he's doing some things with the current team, but this is one of those times he can sort of sink his teeth into recruiting. And so can his staff. And they're they're thriving on it, obviously. So so whatever they're doing, uh, it, it certainly led to the stretch uh, of six commitments in, what, less than a month. Yeah, Pat, when you look at things like this, uh, you know, Tennessee's up to, I believe, if our calculations here are correct, Tennessee's going to have the, the number five uh, recruited class when all the the – you know, when our, our uh, fancy-schmancy uh, computer stuff kind of gets everything crunched up there, I, I think this is going to be a top-five class right now. You know, you, you talk about things like, you know, recruiting momentum, do they exist or not? But when you can walk around and say, hey, uh, do you want to come join a top-five class? kind of has a different ring to it, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret that uh, great players want to play with other great players, and, and there's a lot of peer recruiting going on, and um, you know, sometimes that happens uh, on your campus when you've got a lot of uh, guys visiting. Um, they sort of start building relationships and friendships, and uh, they start spending time with uh, some of the guys you've you've had committed for a while. And uh, and those things definitely can pay off. And and you know, we've heard Pruitt say it a lot of time, uh, times you know publicly that a lot of times your your current players are sometimes maybe even your current commitments are some of your best recruiters. Obviously, the coaches uh, that relationship is going to be most important, but um, if you have a guy who's uh, who gets along well with a lot of the other guys in your class, uh, that obviously is going to help you. And so, um, you know, other recruits are going to take notice and, and see that Tennessee's got a five-star defensive end um, and a couple four-stars here in the last three days. So I, th- I think that's going to maybe turn some heads, open some eyes, um, and, and it'll be up to um, you know Tennessee and their coaches uh, and their and and the staff to sort of try to continue to, to build on it and capitalize on, on some of the positive or, you know, some of the positivity, the momentum, if you want to call it that. And, um, and, and obviously these are really uncertain times and uh, who knows what the future is going to hold in terms of the recruiting calendar. But um, since he's obviously uh, really made some waves here uh, with this class and uh, seems to be sort of building things definitely in the right direction and, and getting some momentum going here uh, as, as April turns uh, into May. Ryan, when you look at at Nixon here as a as a prospect, you know what do you see? I, I know that there's there's a lot you know going on here when you look at him as a prospect because he he's a wide receiver. He's listed as a wide receiver. I think that that's the position he's been playing. Um, but but he's he's a big kid. Now we've got him listed at six three two thirty. So there there's nothing wrong with that. You can be a big physical wide receiver at that size. We've seen Tennessee have that recently, and a guy like Jason Croom, it, it's possible. But but you also wonder. I mean, if he's two thirty, two thirty five, whatever he is, um, you know, th- this could be either a jumbo wide receiver, could be maybe a flex type tight end. I mean, there's some there's some kind of options with, with an athlete like this, aren't there? Yeah, I, I think so. And and you know, we talked a lot about at the time uh, when Rock Taylor committed to Tennessee last month. Uh, you know, sort of another bigger 
jumbo type receiver. He he's only even in the two hundred five two ten range, but some people were projecting him as a tight end. We, we haven't heard a lot of the projecting as as a tight end with uh, with Nixon, but he does have the type of frame that I think you could you could see that just depending on how he develops. Uh, you know, he's also coming off an injury last year. You know, maybe as he gets back into shape, and I, I would have loved to have seen him in action this spring to sort of see what he looked like. Uh, and, and that's, he'll be one of the guys that I think will be fascinating to see this fall when hopefully they can get back on the field and we can see, you know, how he's recovered from that injury and whether he's slimmed down a little bit or whatever. Um, cause yeah, we don't have a verified listing on him from the past few months. So we don't know if he's, he says he's below 220 now. Um, and if that's accurate, you know, that's, that's certainly, I think a better weight, uh, to suggest that he's, he's still got some of that speed that he's shown throughout his high school career at times. So if he, if he can be a bigger receiver like that, I, I think they'd love to keep him at receiver. And they've sort of compared his possible role to what Juwan Jennings did for Tennessee. And he could be that type of player, but yeah, if he continues to get bigger and ends up being in the two thirty to two forty range, sure. You could see him be that sort of flex tight end guy and, and do some real damage lining up in the slot and things like that. So he's a really interesting player just because he's, he's got that big frame and you can do a lot of things with the guy who can go up and get a jump ball like that, but just how, how he fits in is going to, I think, depend on how he develops over the next year or two and, and whether he slims down a bit or, or stays about where he is or whether he gets a lot bigger like his frame could, uh, you know, at least could project to do uh, depending on where, whether he wants to. Pat, when you look at him as a prospect, you know, and, and really kind of look at this class in general, you know, Tennessee added some serious speed at wide receiver in, in, the, in the 2019 class or 2020 class, I should say. There, there's been a lot of guys there who were not the 6364 types but but they could absolutely fly some some real jets. And, and now it looks like in this class there's a couple different types of receiver in here but you're seeing some size, you're seeing some physicality uh, and really when you combine that with a guy like Beckwith from the last class and you know that just seems like they're they're building different types of wide receivers here. Yeah, and and Ryan made a good interesting point and and watching what Nixon has put on huddle, you look at his his freshman film which is more of a complete season highlight. I mean, it is like bubble screen after bubble screen. I mean, they're just flipping the ball out to him and he's uh getting up field quick and and running away from some guys. Now, I don't know what his weight was then. I don't imagine he was uh very close to 220 uh or where he might be now, but um, and, and you watch some of his uh, more recent film from this past season. He's a big body. He's not necessarily separating from defensive backs, but he's uh, boxing them out and, and, and just being kind of big boying them a little bit and, and making some plays that way. So, you know, what, what is he going to look like when he gets to campus? Is he going to be a guy that's 215, 220, or, or does he kind of, uh, is he going to be 230 plus? And, and you know, uh, does that affect how Tennessee uses him? So, uh, but yeah, you know, you look at, um, you know, this past season with guys like Jawan Jennings, Marquez Calloway, I'd throw Josh Palmer on there as well. Um, you've got some big, you know, you've got those power forward guys, those guys that you can uh, throw 50-50 balls up to. And, and I think I think we all would agree that Tennessee needed more speed, more guys that can take, uh, you know, a short slant, you know, hit a seam and, and they're gone. And I think they, they've added those guys with uh, Jalen Hyatt, um, Jimmy Calloway. You know, we'll see if Jimmy Holiday ends up um, at wide receiver at some point. He's obviously another guy that's got some, um, potentially electric speed. So wide uh, receiver is definitely one of those positions, a lot like running back, where you want to have some variety. You want to have different kind of options. You want to have guys you could throw the ball up to in the red zone, but you also have guys you want to be able to uh, use in the quick passing game and they can make guys miss. But um, I'm, I'm still interested to see you know what the future holds for Nixon because he's got a little bit of both of that uh, sort of in his uh, on his resume. He's got some after-the-catch ability uh, when he was a little bit smaller, a little bit more nimble, a little bit more speed. 
Um, they lined him up at Wildcat, Wildcat quarterback when he was a freshman, so he was taking direct snaps. And um, I think he scored a handful of touchdowns that way down near the goal line. So um, he, he's got some – um, you know, there could be a bit of a spectrum here of what he could be when he gets to college, depending on uh, just how big he is. But uh, yeah, I think if, if you're Tennessee and you're building this receiving core, um, I, I think you look at uh, different types of guys that you want and you want some smaller, quicker guys. You can maybe play in the slot and you want some big guys on the outside that are tough matchups uh, and single coverage against uh, opposing defensive backs. Well, you know, fellas, sometimes when, when, when some of us get older, you just put on a couple pounds, you know, I mean, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? just just throwing that out there you know maybe the injury had something to do with it too (laughs) yeah and some of us it's just that i guess we eat too much and we get old ryan before we get out of here when you look at just sort of where things are with this class right now you know obviously tennessee can't keep adding one guy a day you know that's not realistic you know but, but it seems like now maybe tennessee's getting to a point in this class where you can really kind of be selective and choosy and kind of really target guys that are have a clear pecking order of guys that they want to fill out this class. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's that, that's one of the things you want to be able to do is going into the season. Um, you usually going into the season, not necessarily going into the summer, but by, by the time you're starting to turn your attention to preseason camp, you want to have more than half your class filled up. You want, you want to have 15 or so guys. If you're assigning a, a class of 25, uh, I think that's always a good number to sort of shoot for. So you still got some room to add some uh, some important targets that are probably still out there, but but you know not so many spots that you're kind of reaching for guys just to fill needs. Uh, so they're clearly in a good spot now with with more than a dozen commitments and, uh, and and a lot of needs already partially addressed, but still a lot more work to do. And, and you know honestly, I, I think we still could see some movement here in the coming weeks. You know, this is the this is that time we've seen a lot of guys put Tennessee in their top eights and top tens and everything recently. I, I think Tennessee still could be positioned to to land some guys. We already know one who's announcing in May is Caden Salter, the four-star quarterback from down in Texas. He's he's kind of emerged as Tennessee's top target there at that position, and uh, it looks like kind of a Tennessee Auburn Baylor battle with uh, with maybe Tennessee and Auburn being on top. Tennessee so, Auburn again. It seems like we've heard that yeah. a lot lately, and that was for years. That was something that Tennessee fans did not want to hear because it seemed like when it was Tennessee Auburn, uh, you know, locked mano a mano, it didn't always go well, but it's been going better lately. Yeah, so uh, you know that's that's another one that here in the next two weeks we'll we'll, we'll find out where he's headed, and uh, I think Tennessee's got a real shot in that one. And we've seen some crystal ball picks for Tennessee recently, so uh, so him, and and then you, you never know if there could be others. So I, I think Tennessee is clearly uh, in in position to to have a chance to continue this. Uh, maybe not tomorrow or or by the end of this week, but we'll we'll see what else happens in the coming weeks. So uh, I, I think this is a again because of the uncertainty, you're going to see some guys go ahead and make decisions. You know, quarterback is not unusual for this time of year. Other positions, you know, maybe a little more so unusual to see this many guys coming off the board. Not every team's doing this, though. Yeah, again, give credit to Tennessee for for taking advantage of this and piling up commitments when other teams aren't necessarily. Uh, but I do think there's a chance Tennessee still could could do some more damage before this stretch is over. Yeah, guys, I'll leave y'all with this thought. Now, remember when we kind of were wondering how there was going to be news during this this uh, coronavirus quarantine and everybody talking about COVID and there's no sports going on? Tennessee's like, shoot, we got this every day. Don't worry about it. They're keeping us busy. No kidding. Guys, I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks for tuning in. You can find all of us on social media. You can get right to us at twitter.com slash govals247, facebook.com slash govals247, or you can get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water directly from the source, directly from the tap at govals247. 
247.com. Got a lot of good deals right now and a lot of recruiting analysis up right now, a lot of news, team news, all that kind of stuff. Go get it. Go get you some at GoVols247.com. We'll see y'all, I guess, unless breaking news happens and they get another recruiting commitment here in the next uh, day or so. We'll see you Thursday. Never know at this point. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.